Hi, I'm Linda. And I'm Craig. And this is the Indie Travel Podcast at IndieTravelPodcast.com. It's episode 246, and today we're talking about an excellent career break and uh, also why you should have one. Yeah, we definitely think it's a good idea. Not that we're very good at career breaks ourselves. Need a career first, Need Linda. a career. <laughs> what we did was just quit everything and started traveling. That also works if you're interested. But if you do have a career, career break could be the way to go. This week we said goodbye to our friend Sabina, which was very sad, but not as sad as the faces of the uh, Russian gymnasts and other great synchronized swimmers and uh, athletes at the Olympics. It's been fun. It has been fun. We watched the closing ceremony yesterday, and they, they had a really nice montage. They had a couple of nice montages, but one of them was a real tearjerker because it was lots of uh, videos of people crying with, you know, very emotive music and everything. It was a very good it closing was. ceremony. It was fun. I've had the who stuck in my head all day. <laughs> Not that that's a problem. You were playing it earlier as well. It probably didn't help. <laughs> Listen to it all night. I woke up with a headache. <laughs> <laughs> Issue going, going to rock concerts in your sleep. Telling you. Yeah, well, we're getting into our last three weeks of time here in Akarunya. It's getting, it's getting sadder and sadder as time goes on. I don't want to leave, but I do want to leave. I don't want to leave. We've um, got an exciting trip planned. I uh, spent most of yesterday planning you know those kind of really detailed information kind of searches oh I don't really <laughs> anything after that well later on this week we'll be announcing all of our plans it's going to be good but we will need your help we're going to have the uh a system set up so you can comment and give advice and tell us where to eat and what to do and where to go yeah so keep an eye on indietravelpodcast.com or if you haven't already join our mailing list at indietravelpodcast.com slash subscribe. Now, travel insurance is obviously essential if you're traveling, and if you're looking at getting travel insurance, then please check out indietravelpodcast.com slash insurance. We've got some podcasts there with extra information for you, and also quick quote options from our partners at World Nomads. We get a commission if you book through there, and that keeps us on the road and recording the podcast. So thanks to everyone who does that. Yeah, we really appreciate it. Well, today we're talking with two Indie Travel Podcast listeners. At the end of today's show, we'll talk with one of our career break experts, Sherry Ott, about how to make your career break experiences fit well on a resume or CV when you're ready to re-enter the workplace. She also talks about the upcoming Meet Plan Go events across North America in mid-October. But first we'll talk to James Rainbow, who is currently on his career break. Uh, he passed through Europe and was on the Trans-Mongolian Railway when we spoke to him a few months back. The audio quality cuts out a couple of times, but... You have to remember he was on the Trans-Mongolian Railway. Well, James is now in Vietnam, and you can follow him at jamestravelnotebook.tumblr.com, where he's got plenty of photos and videos to draw over. Today I'm speaking with uh, James Rainbow. James is in Siberia, and I'm in London, and I thought it was cold enough here, but James, you told me it was negative 18 degrees where you are at the moment. Uh, yeah, it's a bit bit frosty here today. <laughs> bit frosty at negative eighteen. Yeah, I, <laughs> I bet, I bet. Well, we'll we'll get to why you're sitting uh, in the middle of Siberia pretty quickly. But uh, what we're going to start off doing, I guess, is talk about the great career break that you're taking. Uh, you managed to to get two years off uh, in order to to go and travel around the world, and that's a pretty good deal. Uh, yeah, yeah, it feels pretty good at the moment. Um, the way, yeah, the way I see it, um, there are three main challenges to anyone who wants to go away for a big amount of time. 
and that's either saving the money, what to do with your belongings, or what to do with your job. And up until the end of last year, I was working for a large organisation in the UK, but my dilemma was that I really liked and enjoyed my job, but I felt it was also time for me to start travelling. And I was aware of a career break policy of work at the organisation, but they just spent two years training me, and I wasn't sure if the career break would be guaranteed at this this point. Um, also in the policy, there were loads of mentions that if it was agreed to by your manager, um, made me even more unsure if I'd be granted the career break in view of all my training. Uh, then at the start of November, we had a meeting in the department. It was made clear that the current financial situation that the the organisation is operating in, so I thought I might use this to my advantage for a career break. So I suggested it to my manager, and uh, I also implied that a career break would be good because the organisation wouldn't waste the money that they spent training me, and uh, I could return to a job that I enjoyed and found interesting, and it all went well, and my manager gave me the two years. That's excellent. I guess that's the the big unknown when when people are thinking about you know taking a year or two out to to go and travel is how their managers are going to react. So it's always great to hear stories of uh, of managers enjoying it and uh, and willing to go ahead. Yeah, and it uh, definitely takes the pressure off knowing that you have a job to return to after your travels. Wow, so for the last, well, three months now, you've been uh, travelling around Europe and heading ever eastward. Where have you, uh, where have you yeah. been, or what highlights have you had so far? Um, well, one of the highlights is last week when uh, I went to Lake Baikal, uh, which is the <laughs> deepest and oldest lake in the world, but it's entirely frozen over at the moment. So it just looks completely fantastic. That's amazing. So it's, just, it's a large ice skating rink at the moment, is it? Yeah, with people driving cars and hovercrafts across the surface. It was just monumental. I was really, really happy to be there. Up until then, I'd just been travelling to Germany, Poland and the Baltics and then uh, started the epic train journey from St. Petersburg and now I'm in in Siberia and I picked up my Mongolian visa this morning Wow, that must be a bit of a, a bit of a relief, the paperwork through, uh, through there can be quite daunting Yeah I've heard a, a couple of horror stories um, but it went really smoothly, so really happy and onwards to Mongolia now Excellent, excellent. Well, let's uh, let's go backwards a little bit. Um, a lot of people will have travelled through or read a lot about travelling in Germany, but not many people will have seen uh, places like Poland or the Baltics. What what was it like travelling through there? I, I found that the uh, the hostels along the way have been just really fantastic. Um, there's been a great place to meet other uh, travellers, of course, but to share information with them that the value—it's so valuable. The discussions between the travellers and passing on information—that's been a real highlight. Yeah, that's excellent. We found the same when we were looking at 
getting around the Baltics and trying to figure out if we were going by by train or coach or minibus and it was yeah it's just so so vibrant being able to talk to people and get their advice on where to go and and how to get there yeah definitely and I think um in the Baltics there's a few bus companies that are really they're really cheap and really quick so I definitely definitely recommend looking into the bus companies around that region I think that's a, a good way to go yeah, fantastic. And so you've ended up on the uh, the Trans-Siberian Railway, which is uh, one of those dream trips for me and Linda. We keep talking about it and talking about it, but we still haven't made any plans to do it. Uh, what attracted you to, to doing the trip? I think the, the fact that it seemed quite difficult was quite appealing, and there's a, a certain amount of mystique to the journey as well. Uh, but I don't really view it as a an epic journey anymore. It's I divided it up into smaller segments between some of the larger towns, so it doesn't feel that daunting anymore. But maybe that's just because I'm coming to the end of it. <laughs> yeah, I bet it felt pretty monumental at the beginning. It did, it did. Uh, but I, I can recommend a book actually that has been really helpful. It's by an author called Bryn Thomas. And uh, it just explains the process of getting tickets and suggesting stops along the way, and that's been invaluable. So that was the uh, the Trans Siberian Handbook by Bryn Thomas. It does seem uh, does seem excellent. So have you been jumping from uh, main city to main city and then stopping and getting off the train, or how have you been arranging things? Uh, yes, it's been main cities all the way, really. Um, any of the smaller towns didn't really have any hostels or there was no first point of contact really so we've been stopping off at the larger cities uh UK Tringberg, Novosibirsk and Irkutsk. And how many days are you on the train between each of these cities like what what what's a day in the life like? Uh well the longest journey that we've taken between two cities has been 30 hours and that's included two sleeps on a bank. Cool. So normally you uh, you wake up in a city, then go on board the train again, or how does this work? Yeah, so sometimes you board during the middle of the night, or sometimes you board the train during the day, and then you go and find the bunk that you've been assigned. Um, sometimes you're not really guaranteed an upper or lower bunk, or depending on which class you can afford. Um, second class is four people to a cabin. And then the third class, which is called Platzkart, is 56 people in one carriage in pretty close quarters. That's quite crazy, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> um, and it's been amazing the, the different types of people that you meet along the way. Um, sometimes it's soldiers going home to meet their wives, or we've met some people just coming out of hospital and going back home, and everyone's got a really good story. And everyone has been so, so kind. We've met so many generous people along the way. We've been really touched by uh, the Russian people, actually. That's great. And are you finding uh, communication to be easy or problematic? Uh, or is it mainly the, uh, the old smi smiles and hand gesture form of communication as you travel along the rails? Oh, a, a smile goes a long, long way, and hand gesturing as well. But um, 
yeah, going back to the point of hostels, um, that that's where we found our, that's where our first point of contact has been. And for local information and travelling onwards along the the railway, people at the hostels have just been fantastic. So, um, yeah. So, where's the final destination of this train trip? And um, that's Ulan Ude. Uh, that's our final stop in Russia. Then we catch a 10-hour bus journey to Ulaanbaatar, the capital city of Mongolia. And then we're on into China. That sounds amazing. With 18-plus uh, months of world travel to go, are you hoping to uh, to circumnavigate the globe? Uh, no, it's just Asia this time. Um, but I think I might have caught the travel bug and... I can feel South America calling. <laughs> well, that's a very good problem to have. A very good problem. <laughs> Do you have any uh, tips or advice for people that are, are looking at doing either the Trans-Siberian or the Trans-Mongolian uh, train trips? What have you found out as you've been preparing and then actually on, on the journey? Um, get a small backpack. That's always high on the list now. Um, I've seen some people carrying some monumental bags onto the carriages and it never seems like a good idea um and the visa process um getting a a visa for russia can be a bit tricky uh i'm from the uk and i went through an independent company who i actually paid for them to do the the legwork of going to the consulate so i definitely recommend that i've heard that trips to the consulate, Russian consulate in London can be quite stressful. Um, and the tech as well that I would take along, um, my netbook and iPod have just been so, they've been really good. I've been filming and editing and uploading videos from my iPod. I really recommend anyone to take one along. Sure, using uh, an iPod Touch in order to, to film and then doing all your videos straight on that? Yeah, using the uh, iMovie app. Excellent. And where are you putting uh, all this video and these photos? Uh, they're all going onto my blog, which is uh, jamestravelnotebook.tumblr.com. And uh, I'd be really happy if people went to have a look at it. Yeah, I'm sure uh, after hearing this, people will uh, want to go and have a look. I loved seeing your photos through uh, through Vilnius and places like that. And then more recently, the, uh, I don't know, kind of the, the fairy tale um, cathedrals of Russia. It's, they're crazy buildings, aren't they? Yeah, they're uh, awe-inspiring. Excellent. Well, James, thanks so much for coming on the Indie Travel Podcast and, and telling us about the start of this amazing career break and, and trip through Asia. No problem. It's my pleasure. Wow, that was really great hearing about James's travel so far. But it's also important to consider what happens when you get back into your country and you're heading back to work. So we're talking with Sherriot about exactly that topic. Well, I'm uh, glad to welcome back on the show Sherry Ott uh, from Ottsworld.com and MeetPlanGo.com. Uh, Sherry, welcome back on the Indie Travel Podcast. Thanks for having me. No worries. Well, you're kind of a go-to person for career breaks, and we've just been speaking with Indie Travel Podcast listener James Rainbow about the great career break that he's halfway through. What do you think of the personal advantages of doing this during your career? Oh, I think there are many. Um... It is a big leap to take, and I understand that it's a hard decision for many people. 
But as in, in this world where I think we're expecting to be more and more and more plugged in all the time, taking a career break gives you the chance that you seldom get in life anymore to really step away from your routine and clear your head. And I think that's probably one of the biggest advantages. And maybe we don't put enough value on that, but when you actually step away from your routine, not just a two-week vacation, but actually get out of it, um, it gives you time to think clear your head. It increases your creativity, actually, and there's been some studies on that. Um, and I know I myself experienced that when I first took my career break. Uh, you know, just all of a sudden you had time to put things in perspective, to think about the choices you've made, um, that type of stuff. So I think the biggest advantage of doing this in the middle of your career is you get that time to step away and really kind of process what it is that maybe you've accomplished so far what it is that you want to be doing in the future, what's important to you, things like that. Mm, that that's all very, very good, but it, it's hard to translate that onto, say, a CV or going back to your manager after you've been uh, away for a year and he's been <laughs> jealously looking at your, uh, your photos on Facebook. And uh, so what can you, I guess, bring back to either your existing job or your CV at the end of a career break? Yes, it's... Yeah, I agree with you. All of the kind of fluffy stuff about clearing your head and giving you perspective, that doesn't translate to a, a CV very well. So what you need to do um, is actually think about your career break or your travels in terms of how, what skills did you learn and how does that benefit the business or, the well, basically the business that you're applying to work in again. Um, so you have to think about things, and, and lots of times what these things are, these skills that you come back with, the traveling skills that you gain, are what I call kind of intangible skills. So, but they're very, very important actually on a resume or a CV. Things like flexibility. Um, you are going to come back with all kinds of stories of how you were flexible, how you had to change your decisions and plan at the last minute. Um, things like that, because that happens all the time when you travel, and that actually translate in, translates into business, certainly on projects and things like that, that something goes wrong, a budget gets cut, what do you do, and how do you handle yourself under pressure? Uh, so flexibility is certainly one thing I think that's important. Quick decision making, kind of talking about once again, something changes, how do you think on your toes, and how can you prove that? You're going to come back with all kinds of stories that are probably applicable to how you have to constantly think on your toes and make decisions. Communication is a huge one. So, you know, most people are traveling in countries where they probably can't speak the language or communicate, and yet they have to get through the day, the week, the month there. Um, and they do. And you learn how to better communicate, you learn how to read nonverbals. Um, you learn how to speak with your hands and things like that, but you basically learn how to get by and get what you need. And so communication is a huge part of any kind of business, obviously, um, really listening to people and that type of stuff. Budgeting is also another thing. Um, I mean, clearly when people plan these bigger, like career break type trips, longer travel, normally that requires a lot of saving and budgeting. Um, and people stick to that and monitor that and everyone kind of has their own way in which they do that. But those skills can certainly be applied back to a workplace where maybe budgeting and, and tracking things like that on a project are important. Um, and then I would just say generally, you know, planning in general. Uh, you know, so 
I think all of these things are slightly intangible, but certainly very, very important in a workplace. I know when I used to hire and interview people, these are the kind of skills that I really looked for. I assumed everyone had the educational skills, but these intangible kind of like, how do you really work under pressure? What kind of risks do you take? That kind of stuff was what I was always looking for. Awesome. I think that's some good ideas for people that are uh, coming off long-term travel and and looking to re-enter work. Great. Uh, well, you're a founder and organizer of a, a series of events across North America called Meet, Plan, Go. Uh, can you tell us a little bit about what's happening this year in 2012? Sure. We're actually gearing up for them, and I'm back in America right now um, gearing up for all of them. So the first thing to know is the event this year is October 16th. Um, we're in 10 cities uh, across North America, and um, basically the whole uh, goal of the event is to get more people thinking about and taking career breaks and doing career break travel. And I would actually, you know, in America, career breaks aren't aren't you know commonplace and aren't accepted completely yet. They're certainly growing. Um, some people refer to them as sabbaticals too sometimes. So you know, we're here to encourage that idea of career breaks and sabbaticals. Our long-term goal is to you know have a career break on every resume because we think it's important for you to step away for your job in the middle of your career, experience the world. Now, what you'll experience at each event um, basically is you're going to get some information about, well, you'll, you'll meet other travelers who have done this, basically. People who have taken a career break, traveled the world or a specific part of the world, came back, used those skills to find a job, and have plugged back into society. Um, and so you'll meet them, you're going to learn about uh, their fears, their budget, how they saved, you know, how they found a job again, that type of stuff. Um, and so that'll be kind of a discussion panel in each city. And then uh, this year we're actually doing little breakout sessions. They're very small, kind of like breakout tables, I would say. Uh, but those will be um, tables where you can get very specific resources and information about um, maybe a specific aspect of your planning, such as insurance, what should you do, um, things like uh, how to find local experiences, uh, information on volunteering. And at each of these tables, we're going to have someone um, who is kind of a career break veteran, someone who's done it, or someone who's kind of a travel expert who's done long-term travel to be able to answer people's questions specifically in that area, as well as uh, provide you with a list of resources, recommended resources of where you can find more information. That's great. We'll include a link to that in the show notes. And uh, that's meetplango.com uh, if you're listening to this before mid-October. Uh, Sherry, thanks so much for coming back on the Indie Travel Podcast and all the best for the upcoming events. Thank you very much. Thanks heaps to James and Sherry for coming on the show. We'll have links to both their sites at indietravelpodcast.com. And if you want to meet other travelers, if you've got questions about anything we've talked about today or just anything about travel. Or not about travel, you know. Head over to IndieTravelPodcast.com slash forums. You can get a free community account, and both James and Sherry are there, so they'll be able to uh, to answer any questions if you want to send them a friend request. Don't forget that you can help the Indie Travel Podcast stay traveling by booking through us. So visit IndieTravelPodcast.com slash flights, slash hostels, slash tours, and slash insurance when you're booking your travel online. And there's also travel deals, which update every day at IndieTravelPodcast.com slash deals. We've also got a library of books to share at books.indietravelpodcast.com. There's books to help you travel more, travel well, and more on the way. 
Uh, to help us out this week, please visit the site and look for our Indie Rail announcement because we really need your help in deciding what to see while we're traveling around Europe in the next few months. Yeah, we're getting excited about this and looking forward to sharing it with you. Yeah, and we really want your help. So please, please visit there. Well, that's us for this week. Until next week, travel well.